so happy that you're here. Um, this is already one of our favorite interviews because it included a free trip to Hawaii. <laughs> so thank you for having us. Uh, how refreshing is it to have training camp in such a beautiful place like this? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, because you get a bit of both. You get vacation and you get to work extremely hard um, to start the year off. So um, I think it's awesome. It's easy to break the two um, when we're in the gym. We know what we're in there for. Once we leave there, we know why we're we're out of that uh, out of that for. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just been great. And uh, I th I think what I love most about it, the Clippers organization do a, an amazing job of including the families and and tying everyone together. Um, and you know, the tradition in Hawaii is very family culture, and I think it's it ties into you know what the Clippers are trying to do as well. So it's it just hits everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so many of the headlines, Clippers stars, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are entering training camp completely healthy. What is it like to hear that out loud? <laughs> oh, man, it's, uh, you know, it's great. You know, anytime, you know, myself, especially, I can start a season off without having to rehab something um, and I can just die right into, you know, trying to get off to a great start the better. And, you know, very fortunate. Kawhi is the same way. He's feeling the same way. He's healthy. Um, and, you know, we don't have to start the year off trying to catch up at any point. Like, we're all in from the day the ball has jumped up. So um, it's great. You know, honestly, it's great. I think everybody around us feels it. Our teammates feel it. Um, you know, and just to build chemistry with Russ to start the year off is very important. So, um, you know, it's a, that's, that's you know, we, we definitely look at that as, as a blessing to start the season healthy. What level of pressure do you feel headed into this season? Not more than any other season, honestly. Um, for me, I haven't won a championship yet. Um, so I can't even say that, like, the pressure isn't always to win it. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, and again, it, I can't say that we've underperformed. Um, and so there's no pressure there that we've underperformed and didn't give ourselves the ch a, a, a chance to win it. Um, fact of the matter is, I mean, I've had fluke injuries, you know, uh, my elbow um, getting, you know, falling on and, and, and messing my UCL up or my knee getting kicked back. And, and now I'm, I'm missing postseason. Um, same with Kawhi has an injury in postseason. So we haven't really had or, or gave ourselves a chance just due to injuries. Um, so there's no pressure. Like, it's not that we're not getting to the moment and shying away from it. We just haven't been able to stay healthy for the moment. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, I want to talk about what you just said because I'm sure some people will hear that and have questions when you said you feel like you all have not underperformed. I think maybe some NBA fans would consider some of the seasons as an underperformance. Why do you feel differently? In terms of what? Just in terms of maybe, you know, what you all wanted to accomplish, having both you and Kawhi on the team, how far people wanted you to go. And I agree that there has been injuries, but I just want you to talk a little bit more about yeah. why you don't view it as underperforming. Yeah, well, I mean, I know people love looking at stats and looking at, you know, looking at this from an analytical standpoint. Um, analytically, when we're healthy, I think we've lost three games, four games, something like that. Um you know, we've been very productive and very successful when healthy, and both of us are on the court at the same time. Um, that's just what we're trying to battle now is is, is remaining healthy. Um, and so, you know, when you look at that, I mean, we're I'm we're carrying what we can when when 
I'm not when when he's on the floor and I'm not on the floor, he's carrying what he's what he can for the lack of me being there and vice versa. Um, but when we're there together, we're picking that load up and we're, you know, carrying our team past the the line, um, sort of say. And 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 we got help. I'm not gonna say it's on just my myself and Kawhi. We have a huge help from Russ now, from Marcus, from Nico, Rocco, T Man, Zoo, you know, list goes on bones. Um, we have a ton of help, but um, you know, we just haven't quite been able to do it fully uh, for us not being healthy for a whole season. I always think about, and not to put words in your mouth, I just think about how annoyed I would be that people are almost trying to make you and Kawhi like the face of load management, as if you all don't want to play or you wouldn't play if you could. Does it, does it feel annoying to you? It's annoying. It's annoying because ultimately, like, we love basketball. You know, we love to play. We love to compete. Like, that's just how we are. We love to to hoop. Um, but for people to say that, you know, oh, they're they're not going to play. They're they're missing games. Like, we don't intentionally want to miss games. Obviously, there's something going on. Or obviously, we're, it's something that we're trying to, uh, you know, be mindful of and, and be ahead of. Um, and, you know, it's not just us that are – that. It's not just players that's involved in on those decisions. It's you know it's media or not media. It's uh, uh, medical staff. It's you know higher ups that that have say so in these situations as well. Um, you know, obviously, I feel players can override it, but we're mindful of our bodies. Um, and so, yeah, it gets annoying hearing noise of are they going to play? Or are they not going to play? Like. You know, if we haven't played or if we're not suiting up, there's something that's going on that's that's keeping us out of that game. Yeah. You're like, if I'm not playing, I didn't have a choice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Russell Westbrook is one of my favorite players to watch. And I think he's also one of the more misunderstood players in this league. You know him very well. You've known him for a very long time. What do people have wrong about Russ? That Russ is a winner. Honestly, Russ brings a winning culture. Um Russ plays hard. Russ is a great teammate, great locker room guy. I think that's what people don't get to see because you're you're not with Russ on a day-to-day basis. What you see from Russ is him being on the court um, and him in games. Like, you don't see what he, he brings, the value that he brings to a team. Um, and being on the same team with him for multiple years now um, is the reason why I wanted to bring him over with us, uh, with the Clippers, is – I just saw it from afar, joining that Oklahoma team, being an outside looking in, just the way he connected with everybody was was inspiring. Like it brought out the best of everybody. And, um, you know, I, I thought we could have used that um, in our locker room. Um, and And you need a leader at the point guard position. You know, I always love seeing the videos of you and Kawhi together because it feels like you are one of the people that he is just most comfortable with. Like every personality moment that I see with Kawhi, you're also there. Why do you think you all have that connection? What about you makes Kawhi feel so comfortable? Um, good question. I don't know. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I I I get him, I understand him. Um, I vibe with him. You know, we're on the same page with one another. Um you know, uh, there's just a mutual respect there, you know. Um, and uh, again, I feel like I allow him to be himself uh, with no judgment, no, you know, expectations. Um, you know, I just appreciate, you know, uh, who he is and, and what he's done in this league. And so, 
you know, I, I don't know. Um, he's so like unintentionally funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything he says, it's like he's not trying to make a joke, but it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that's that's Kawhi. Like that's yeah. Kawhi. Um, I think people don't realize like he is as normal as possible, and he's a funny dude, and he's you know charismatic, and he has a personality. Like I don't know why people undermine that he's just a, like think he's a robot. Like that's the craziest <laughs> thing to me. Um, <laughs> But, Before you met him, did you also think he was a bit of a robot? Uh, no, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't know much about him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's always a mystery. If you've seen the memes, it memes yeah. was going on way before we were teammates of him and his personality. But then being a teammate of his... Oh, like he's normal as yeah. anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah. He actually talks a lot. Like yeah. when you get to know him, he actually talks a lot. He's he's cool, you know, really, really down to earth dude. Um, and so yeah, we just we hit it off and we just connect. That's great. No, I, I love the friendship that you all have. Um, one of my just general favorite moments from last season was Giannis in the postseason talking about his definitions of success and failure. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it because it's clear to me that every NBA player has a different definition of both of those words. Mm-hmm. And it can't be defined by anybody other than you. So from your perspective, when you think about your time with the Clippers, do you define it as a success or a failure? Um. I mean, I there there is two ways to look at this, right? Um, like successful year for me back when I was 22, 23, 24 years old, uh, the younger Paul, success for me, regardless if we won it or not, was me getting better and, and, and developing every season, right? Making an all-star appearance, um, late playoff pushes, being all NBA. That was a successful year for me. Um, but then now, where I'm at in my career now, not winning a championship on a yearly basis when you have a team that is more than capable of it, um, you come up short, you felt you failed the year. You know, you you failed the year. Now, granted, I can still get better. I can still make all-stars. I can still be all-NBA. That's the expectation at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not expected to win. You know, I don't... I don't think anyone expects to win. You got to work for it. You have to earn it. Um, and if you don't win, you failed that year. Um, and so that that's just how I look at it now at this point in my career. And I 100% agree with with Giannis's take on that. Um, but, you know, it, it, people can look at it differently. One thing that was really clear to me just as I was prepping for this is it feels like right now for you, there is a big focus on legacy and what you want people to believe about your presence in this league. What is it about legacy right now that is really in your brain? What scares you about legacy or about how you want to be remembered? Yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, I'm naturally just a good dude. Um, and I feel like in this league, it kind of just been taken for granted. Um, people, you know, feel like, you know, I'm not the same because of injuries or because of I haven't won or one bad experience in the playoffs that, you know, I, I'm not good enough to, you know, still be a one option or a two option or 25, 30 point score or top defender on the floor. Like there's been a lot of questions for whatever reason floating around the air about me. 
And uh, it always baffled me, you know, of why, 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 like, and so that's just legacy at this point now is is just proving my spot. Um, and 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 you know, regardless, you know, I if we win, we don't win. That's out of my control. I'm gonna give everything I have to win a championship and do whatever I can to win one. Um, but if I come up short, my legacy now is being all right. I did what I could. I I gave it my all. Um, I know how I approach the game. I want to be the best on both floors. I want to guard the best every night. Um, that's still how I present myself when I touch the floor. Um, and so now for my legacy is just, I, I want that to be what people recognize. He played hard. He didn't shy away from the matchup. Um, and offensively, he, you know, was a threat. You know, he made the game better. Um, he was a joy to watch, um, entertaining. Um, and he just played his heart out. Um, and, and that's just, you know, I'm not taking, you know, uh, no for an answer. I'm not backing down to nobody. Um, and going forward, you know, my presence will be felt on the floor. You said something off top that was interesting. You said that, you know, people feel like I'm this really good guy and that has maybe in some ways clouded how they talk about mm -hmm. how you play. Mm -hmm. In what ways do you feel like maybe this kindness or this kind of outside persona has been seen as a weakness for you? It's just been a lot of barking, um, a lot of barking for, and again, it's been guys that, that that are in the same position as me. Like, you know, I've, I view like, all right, if you, you won a championship, you've been to the, the peak, you've been to the top. I get it. Like I'm, that's where I'm working towards. Um, and I'm not a talker, you know, I'm, I'm not the initial, um, now if you say something, I'm a, I'm gonna say it back. I'm gonna say it back. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a counter for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I just feel like that's just where I'm at with it. Um, you know, now it's just to the point where, all right, like we we all got to like trying to get to the same same point. You know, we're all trying to get to the top. And so, you know, again, just comes down to the noise that's just been in the league. Um, and, you know, it, it's been documented. It's been highlighted. I don't have to touch on those. But I just I hear the noise and uh, it's just, you know, it's gotten to a point where. Like at some point, all right, now you now you woke the bully. I have to bully. What is the one noise or one narrative that you've heard that you have taken the most personally that you feel is the most incorrect? Mm. Uh, I would say probably just that I'm I'm not a playoff performer. Um, again, I had one one experience again that was documented during the bubble that I, I didn't play my, my best. I struggled. Um, and that kind of, you know, has floated with me, um, you know, and, and there's been other playoff moments where I was playing through injuries that I think people was like, oh, he's, he's not this. Well, you didn't know where I was dealing with at that time. Um, but I think, you know, more than anything, that's when basketball is most important. And uh, when you spoke about the legacy and touched on that, I think that's where legacy is made. And so uh, that's that's just the 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 most important the most important uh, questions that will be answered for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is really you know kind of heightening the mission that you're on this season because it's it's clear you you've really kind of like internalized it and taken it personally in terms of I need to change what these words are. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? It is. Uh, it is uh, not not that it's just uh, not that it like. I'm out to, you know, 
change people's opinion. Like, I, I'm not uh, – how I prepare this this season is how I prepare every season. That's just to get better. But I think I, – I can't lie to say there's just a little bit more focus uh, going into this year on, again, how I start and how I finish the year. Yeah. And I love that you're like, okay, I think you said what this is. I'm on my bully shit this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that quote. <laughs> um, but there was another part of this interview with Slam Magazine that you did that I thought was super interesting. You were talking about young PG. Mm-hmm. And you said, that's the separation between myself, where I'm at now, and the younger me. I just had that passion to want to be the best and destroy any and everything in front of me. And it feels like you're back to that in this moment. Mm-hmm. But before today, when did that change? Um, I think, uh, it changed, I think going again, going into the off season, um, going into the off season again, you know, I had a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff going on rehabbing. Um, I haven't quite had many summers since I broke my leg where I can use the whole summer to get better. Um, you know, every summer I had, I was rehabbing something. I mean, even this summer, granted, I had a, a, a head start because I, got hurt, you know, what, March. So I had an early, uh, you know, summer of rehab for myself. Um, And so once I got out of that, it was kind of like early summer when season was off uh, to to really work on my game. So I haven't had a long time or many summers to really work and and, and hone in on on my skill set in a very long time. And so I just felt like, you know, this summer was, was huge for me. Um, my body was in a great position, uh, and I did it. Uh, I was able to do a ton of just basketball work, um, going into this season now. Um, and so it just put me in a mindset of like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm back on that. Like I'm back on that. Wanting to dominate, wanting to be the best on the floor, the best that I can be the best version of myself. And I don't care who I offend. I don't care about friendships on the court. I don't care about, uh, you know, just you know i like that persona of being cool is gone it's out the window um and so yeah like i i I just want to you know i'm gonna compete at a high level and and try to be the best version of me i love that what season of your nba career most contributed to your personal growth um i would say probably my going into my third year um was the biggest growth uh, for me. Danny Granger got hurt. I stepped into the role of being uh, the number one option offensively. Um, and that was just the most, that was a make or break, you know, season for me. Um, I could have forever been, you know, a role guy and, and never quite met, you know, my peak um, or who uh, the player I, I wanted to be. Not the player that the Indiana Pacers thought that I would be, but the player that I wanted to be. Um, and I was able to find myself in this league, um, roll with myself with ultimate confidence. And, uh, you know, I just learned a lot. Um, and so I would say that was that that that's when I knew I was ready for any adversity that I could I could I could handle it. And uh, it set myself up for where I am now in my career. Who is that player that you ultimately want to be? And how close are you to that player? Um, I, I mean, I, you never know. Like, you know, I, I, I have a vision of who I want to be. Um, but that, you know, changes, like, season to season. Like, 
this year, all right, I want to be better at this. I want to be better at that. Um, but then you go out there, you play, like it might present itself completely different um, based off how you have to play for your team. You know, I, you know, I remember when, uh, uh, when Kawhi went down, um, like, you know, I wanted to be, you know, a certain type of player. Kawhi goes down. Now I'm asked to be more of a point guard and get put in a new role. And, you know, uh, you know, just a lot more ball handling, a lot more playmaking. Um, and so you just never know where it turns and you just have to be prepared for whatever it is. And again, I say that to say that year three helped me prepare for whatever moment was brought to me to, 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 to be able to handle that. Um, and so again, to answer your question, I don't know, it, it, it always changes. Um, I just, again, it go, always just goes back to just wanting to be the best player that I can be and wanting to challenge myself to, to, to compete on both ends at the highest level I can. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about you that has always, um, I want to say bothered me, but maybe has always bothered me about the way that people talk about your game mm-hmm. is that when they talk about you in the playoffs or they talk about your performances, they're almost belittling the things that you have had to go through. Mm-hmm. You are really honest about what you went through in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You have also been very honest about how hard injuries are for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that those things aren't always put into account when they talk about Paul George as a whole. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a conversation with an athlete once just talking about injuries. And he said the thing that sucks about injuries is it feels like your body has betrayed you. Mm-hmm. And it sticks with me because I felt like betrayal was such like a personified and specific word to mm-hmm. talk about an injury. Mm-hmm. Has that has that been what it's felt like for you? Like your body betrayed you in those moments? Yeah, yeah, it has. And that's that was the toughest thing for me because all my life, like especially since I've been in the NBA, I won't say all my life, because I had to grow into my body and 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 as I got older and and, and stronger, uh physically I've been gifted to move the way I've been able to move. Um, but since I've been in the league, that's all I've heard. Oh, you're an amazing mover. You move so well. You run like a gazelle. You, you know, can contort your body and, and do all of these things, right? Um, you have quick feet. Like all of this stuff I've 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 been told and and now I'm on the court and I and I feel what they're saying. Like, oh yeah, like I am pretty good at this. So I do move great. Or um, and then when an injury happened, and then it's like, dang, like I can't do what naturally I'm so good at doing like I can't stop on a dime and cut and you know I can't jump and like and so it 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 does suck when you when you're facing injuries and you're competing at the highest level and you're in the playoffs where it matters most and the noise is loud outside from media you know and and it's just like damn like I I you don't know what to do in those situations you want to scream out and you know, tell the world like, hey, this is what I'm going through. But at this day and age, it's viewed as an excuse and, and all of this. And and if you're out there, obviously you can play through it. Um, and that's how people view it. Um, but it, it, but it, it isn't as black and white. As it's that. not as black as white. It's mm-hmm. not as black as white. And, and at times it is tough. You know, I remember the Portland series, you know, I had both shoulders operated on that summer uh, after that season. But going through that moment, like, I didn't pick up a basketball for like two weeks leading up into the playoffs. And my first experience is, is playoffs now, like since, you know, getting shot up and taking medicine to, 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 you know, get through the pain and stuff like that. So, um, and that's just what guys go through. 
and I think people don't understand that. Um, like when when guys have surgeries right after the season, you know it was a lot going on for them to to get ready and, and for them to play through it. Um, and so that that just needs to be highlighted where people understand what we go through. Yeah, I think that like people mistake that something happening often means that it's normal, mm -hmm. but those aren't the same thing. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It's like you can have these injuries and you're seeing guys like play through them. It's just that that happens. It's not that it's, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, I think it's hard for people to understand that those two aren't always the same thing, but you just explained it really perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, what role does your son's existence play in this idea of legacy for you? Everything, everything. Um, I mean, hopefully uh, I can continue to play another at least four or five years um, to the point where he can watch and 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 realize all right dad played dad was an nba guy really good in basketball like hopefully that there's a world for that right um and so you know everything i do at this point is you know i want to make him proud you know i want him to to be a great influence on him um and so he's everything to do with my legacy at this point um because i want to set the bar for him to go after, you know, if he doesn't become a basketball player, so be it. You know, that's not where our relationship will ever end on. Um, but if he does, I want to I want it to be a mark where something he chases, something he's after. Obviously, I want him to be different than me. I want him to 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 be the man of him of his own right. Um, but it it, it 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 it's awesome to to lay the foundation for him to pick it up and take it further. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of Paul Georges in your family, correct? Correct. Yeah. How many? I'm the fifth, the youngest. My son is the sixth. Um, wow. So there's only three: my dad, uh, myself, and my son. Okay, and so this idea, right, of name, of what hearing the name Paul George, what you want people to feel when you hear that name, what do you want them to feel? Um, it's just, you know, uh, uh, a name of, of strength, you know, um, you know, I feel like there is a ton of respect around my dad and, and amongst his friends and how people view him. Um, and I watched him as a kid interact with people and, um, how my friends interacted with him, how, you know, uh, you know, just everyone that interacted with my dad, it was just always positive and love and respect. And, you know, they just viewed my dad as, as, you know, just a, a great human being. Um, and so seeing that as a kid, it's like, all right, like that's what Paul George is. That's what Paul George, that's a brand. You know what I mean? That's a Paul George brand. And so it just, that's kind of just how I go about things like love, respect, um, humility, uh, you know, all of those core core things is what I want to pass down, you know, to my son. Um, you know, I just so happen to be in a different position than what my dad was at, yeah. at, at, in his life. Um, but all of the core valuables should still stick the same and, and, and credit my dad for that. Um, he, he gets the ultimate credit for that. Yeah. That's a really beautiful answer. I love that. Um, I know that you are a big gamer. Um, Ronnie 2K was recently talking about you and mm. NBA 2K, and he said that he's not sure if you're the best NBA NBA 2K or now. Did you see this article? Not sure. I didn't see that. He said he's he not sure if you're the clear cut anymore, and he actually said he doesn't know if Devin Booker is better than you. Oh, uh, um, 
Well, only one way to find. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you play Devin in an NBA 2K game? Nah, we got to check rock differently. <laughs> we got to check rock differently. Okay, well, after that, would you then play? Um, nah. Okay. Nah. So I'm asking this because as a media member, I know what it can be like to do a show and somebody has a thought about the show that you did and then you're like, well, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. I know that obviously you and Devin had this moment about the Clay Thompson interview. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would want to clear up about that moment? Have you all been able to speak? Is it, is the root of this that? No, I mean, I just, you know, I I don't know where it took the turn. Um, I don't know where it took the turn, you know. Things got heated when we played Phoenix. Conversation sparked. And it wasn't, it it came from that end. Again, this goes down to respect line. And me and Devin, all, Devin always been good. Um, you know, he was little bro when he came in the league, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, temperature changed. Um, and to where now it's, it's, it's a line that was passed, uh, you know, stepped over the line. Um, and so like now it's just, you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, uh, but you know, to go off that question, it was just, you know, me asking Clay, you know, he said, um, obviously it was, it was about that moment and I forget what question I asked him, but his answer was his answer. You know, I wasn't looking to, you know, if you've watched the pod, I'm never looking to, to, to do clickbait stuff or, you know, have someone say something that's going to raise questions um he honest he he answered it from an honest perspective that he you know as another uh young man in this game um you know making a name for himself making a way paving a way like whatever clay's answer answer was that was his answer cool um i wasn't looking to pick or or dig i would have said something myself if that was the case um but again he took it upon himself to be seen or heard in that moment, cool. Now it is what it is. Um, it's 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 stuck. If it's up, then it's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I get it. Like I said, I have somewhat been in that position before. I think you're great. I think Devin is great. Mm -hmm. I would love for there to be some sort of you know resolution. But as you said, things can always be resolved on a on a basketball court. So absolutely. So I totally get it. Um, last one for you. I read something where you were saying that, you know, winning a championship with the Clippers would far outweigh winning a championship with something like the Lakers, like with the Lakers. And I know obviously that is your goal this year is to win a championship. Mm -hmm. Why does winning one with the Clippers mean a little more to you? Um, I mean, just because it hasn't been done. You know, it hasn't been been done. It'd be awesome to be that group. Um, and for a lot of reasons. I mean, Clippers, I feel like has have been through a lot of bad luck, um, whether it's injuries, whether it's uh, you know, playoff uh, bad luck of, you know, being up 3-1. Uh, I know I've been a part of uh, some of that, um, but I just feel Clippers, with all the bad luck that they face, the adversity the, the organization have been through, um, it'll be nice to, to kind of be, um, you know, that sunshine for an organization um, and to be remembered as the first group to, to raise – uh, that banner um, for the Clippers. Um, there's a, a, a unbelievable uh, community, unbelievable fan support from Clippers. Um, and, uh, you know, we feel it. You know, we, we feel it. We feel how bad Clipper Nation wants to win.
Um, and we want to be a part of that. So I think that's what what raises or bring value to me to win it with, with the Clippers. Amazing. I love that. Well, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about your podcast, but before you go, I do just want to say that I think what you're doing is super important. I love that you're using your voice in this way and also giving other people a platform to use their voice too. So I hope that you continue. We are avid listeners um, and truly enjoy it. So thank you for coming on my show. Yes, I appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. Podcast. <laughs> P, episode, or, uh, season two is coming soon. We love that. Stay on the lookout for that. Okay. A lot of great uh, guests will be on that uh, uh-huh. card as well. So thank you. Of course. <laughs> thank you. And again, hey, thanks for the trip Free to trip. Hawaii. <laughs> thanks, Clippers. <laughs> thanks, Paul. Yeah, I appreciate of course. it. Thank you. <laughs>